Yeah. And I guess we'll be wearing bell bottoms here soon. <laughs> bell bottoms. Bell bottoms and drugs. Hello and welcome to Consumer Choice Radio. It is the beginning of June. We're in the year 2022. Things are going well here at the uh, studio headquarters. I'm one half of your host, Yael Ososki, and uh, I'm very happy to at least be at the mic to try to go through all this amazing information. We've got Mr. David Clement over there in Toronto, Ontario. David, how goes it? Oh, big election victory for Douglas Ford and the Conservatives here in Ontario. Um, Yeah, where to start? Um, up seven seats from from the last election. Um, terrible showing by the NDP and the Liberals. Uh, both the leader of the NDP and the leader of the Liberal Party have resigned uh, in disgrace. Um, and uh, the leader of the Liberal Party didn't win the riding he was running in. Um, so pretty resounding outcome. Uh, for those who are attuned to the comings and goings of the po- the political situation in Ontario. Yes, and uh, especially considering our listeners on Saga 960 AM, who might be listening now, tuned in on the radio, uh, you are digesting this news. Uh, you've steamed over it for a little bit. And uh, what does this portend? Here's a question. Look, I am not an Ontario guy. I've never lived in Ontario in Ontario. What does this portend for the rest of Canadian political affairs and politics? What does it mean about the future of, let's say, federal elections or how things are working in the provinces? Or is this solely isolated on the the job of Dougie, as it were? Um, so I think, I think some of the credit has to go to Doug Ford, because he really has chewed into... Um, what I would describe as so essentially the NDP is the, the, the official opposition. They've been the official opposition for the last four years. Um, the NDP really has two cohorts in, in my opinion, they have, um, they have working class voters. Um, so you're, however you want to picture that in your mind. Um, but then there's the other, like, faculty lounge politics side, the woke side, if you want to use that term, side of the NDP. And I think that they're losing the working class side of what was their base, and Doug Ford has has eaten into that quite a bit. Um, there's also, I mean, for the federal conservatives, the, the election question was has always been, well, we have to win in the 905, um, which is everywhere surrounding Toronto. Well, the Conservatives took all but one riding in the 905. They took all of Peel Region, all of Halton Region. I believe the only riding they didn't get, which was close, was Oshawa. Um, so everything surrounding Toronto they got, including several Toronto ridings. Um, so there's a formula here, um, but I will say it's not entirely because Doug Ford is great Uh, It did have a lot to do, I think, with the fact that the other two parties were just, their leaders left a lot to be desired. Um, I I don't think I've met anyone who was passionately, like, actually thought 
um, that either Steven Del Duca or Andrea Horvath were exciting uh, prospects to be future premiers. They were not Doug Ford, and that was enough for some voters. Um, but yeah, so I, it, you got to be careful. You, you got to gotta meet my my former university mates because I'm pretty sure they would, they would disagree. And well, uh, then they're, they're, they're the, in the minority. Thankfully, yeah, they're one of like four people, including Del Duca's family, that can <laughs> that that thought he was like the best for uh, for Ontario. Um, yeah, I mean. Not great. Um, I, I I really think he, it's it's a testament to the the other two parties wanted to make this a like a referendum on how Doug Ford handled COVID, and I think anyone who is sensible, anyone who is tired of restrictions, saw him as the best option. I mean, Del Duca came out and said he would bring back masking in more scenarios. He would mandate. COVID-19 vaccinations for elementary school kids um, over five. So add it to the list of the existing mandatory vaccinations. They were trying to make COVID a thing. But I think for a lot of people, the fatigue, if you were COVID fatigued, um, there was no other choice of the three than, than Doug Ford. And so they missed the mark on trying to make that the wedge. And then if you care about the economy or growth, I mean, we've criticized Doug Ford and and the PCs um, a lot over the last four years and some of their decisions. But of the three, who's the um, the most likely to get it done using their slogan? It's Doug Ford. Even if you are voting as like a like a the the best of the worst, it's the conservatives. And then you have the fact that, generally speaking, Doug Ford resonates with voters much better than the other leaders. Um, so that is my long-winded answer of, of how this happened. That wasn't even my question. Oh, <laughs> uh, no, we're good. All right, well, I have a related point uh, having to do with, because uh, you mentioned the restrictions. Uh, we don't want to talk about that anymore, but I do want to talk about something that bridges. Uh, it does bridge our, our countries where we are in the moment and uh, gives us good fodder for the show. Uh, so we had a, a, a tweeteroo from... Alexis von Hürnbrüch. Oh, yes. Do you know who that is? He is the new CEO of WestJet, if I believe. If I'm correct, I think. Indeed. He is the, the new uh, CEO of WestJet, uh, the, the Canadian airline. And he is uh, new in the job, having just arrived from Austrian Airlines. Uh, he was part of the Lufthansa family. And he came out with an interesting tweeteroo, uh, June 1st, uh, whenever that was, I guess Tuesday or Wednesday, Wednesday, I guess, uh, quote, vaccine mandate for air travelers and employees needs to be dropped. As vaccines are not preventing the spread of the virus since Omicron, there is no more logic to maintain it. This will also relax some of the operational challenges at the airports. Now, I'm happy this is a good statement. I like it. Where was this months ago <laughs> when it would have affected me and I don't have to wear a mask for 17 hours going across the ocean? Maybe it's just it's a better political scenario in Canada that you can kind of make that point. But yeah, I, I think the, the overwhelming that miffed me. Yeah, I think the overwhelming majority of people are are already tired of all of this. 
And beyond that, the delays at the airports are just getting so out of hand that, I mean, the last flight I took, I think there were 1,500 people lined up. It took me, I arrived three hours early for my flight to Frankfurt. Uh, I got through the initial check-in without a checked bag and security in an hour and 45 minutes. That's how long I was in line to get through. And that's the process of like rechecking people's documents and all of that jazz. And so, yeah, I think that, I mean, you you need to go. I mean, everyone knew we were going to start traveling again as as the pandemic became behind us. And in the minds of a lot of people, the pandemic is behind us. And so you got to prepare for that. And the airports are saying that the federal government is at fault. The federal government has the audacity to say, oh, it's just people forgot how to travel. It's like security issues where they left their laptop in the bag and they got to rescan it and, like, they forgot about liquids. It's like, no, (laughs) that is not where the delay is. The delay, 90% of the delay was prior to getting to the screen the uh the security screening and detectors and all that jazz well i'll tell you what the uh the canadian government infrastructure uh particularly throughout the pandemic having interacted with it has uniquely failed its citizens and its residents uh if it took me two and a half years to get citizenship for my daughter um i think that that just uh that to use the word portended exactly that those issues would bleed over into every other um, ounce of society where government has its fingers, which in Canada happens to be a lot. I mean, the federal government, not as much, but particularly these areas, it's, I, I don't know, we can't, you had the time to prep, you got the time to prepare, you've got all the resources in the world, your budgets have only gone up, it's just rank incompetence at a certain point. And it's frustrating, I don't know how you deal with it, living there and having to travel because when i i tell you when i was in dc popping on easy pre-check tell me three seconds yeah i mean well it's you mentioned the the citizenship side i mean there are horror stories now of people waiting 13 14 16 weeks to get their passport renewed it's like you knew there was going to be a backlog you like you knew the influx was coming so spend the money to get it done. This is like a core government service. And if it's not getting done with who you have, fire them and hire some new people. Like, let's go here. Um, let's, and just hire, let's just do the right thing and hire everybody who runs the, the Chick-fil-A drive-in line. Yeah. Boost. <laughs> That's exactly. about all you need to do. Yeah. They figured it out. They can handle a rush. Um, uh Maybe well, those I don't think those people work on Sunday anyway, so there's no uh, there's no conflict there. But <laughs> exactly, <laughs> yeah, none at all. Uh, David, speaking of airlines, uh, there's a merger that is being discussed between uh, the cheapos, Frontier Airlines, and Spirit Airlines. Uh, the new news is that there would be a breakup fee of two hundred and fifty million dollars uh, that will be paid by Frontier to Spirit if the regulators. Uh, I believe it's the Federal Trade Commission, if they do not allow this to go through. Uh, there's, a, there's a lot of different people that are uh, in favor of this or a lot of people who are against it, you know, as consumers and people who are, you know, trying to find cheap flights and cheap 
seats, um, all the better, whatever we can do. Uh, most of these airlines probably would have gone bankrupt a couple months ago anyway. So if there's consolidation, you know, do whatever you got to do, but uh, let's, let's uh, keep those cheap flights. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Keep the cheap flights, especially as people are traveling again. Um, I mean, the people who are advocating to block this, realistically, you just have to use the metric of, is this going to, um, is this is consolidation in this instance going to harm consumers? Consumers, I haven't seen really any evidence to suggest that it would. Um, I think it probably makes whatever this new company, merged company, is more a little more competitive with some of the bigger airlines. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. I mean, antitrust and all of that jazz is is. Oh yeah. The soup of the day. I, in, I think in it's DC. complicated a bit. Yeah, I think. Um, yeah, definitely. I think JetBlue is uh, coming to the picture with their own offer, um, and you know what they're they're looking for. You know their own little slice of the pie. Apparently, it's a hostile bid uh, from JetBlue, but they're actually favorable to Frontier. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff. Regardless, we need to clean all this stuff up. Air travel is not fun these days. If they cancel a bunch of flights, which luckily that's not been my situation. I know it's happened to many other people. Uh, there's a lot of bad stuff that's happening there. Not good for the uh, customer experience there, ladies and gentlemen. So we gotta we gotta improve that a little bit. I don't know if there's any other complications you've seen in your travels lately, but that's uh, that's a big one. I mean, the one that, the one that really grinds my gears is for a long time I was saying for the vaccine certificate to fly, it was okay. We have to submit this, and that might might have been useful at a certain point. That's fine. There's no reason why you can't upload this digitally right and have it verified digitally and then not right as soon as you it's linked to your boarding pass so if you haven't done it then you beep, you get an error on your boarding pass as you try and go through so they did that and yet they're still manually checking the vaccine certificates and it's like well what was the point i mean you you created this process to be more efficient and then you double down on the old inefficient method and it's like ugh have we not learned anything um, but yeah, I mean, a lot of, a lot of redundancy there, a lot of redundancy. Oh, plenty there. And we got plenty more here on consumer choice radio. I know David's going to tell us a couple of stories. We'll get into the news of the day, talk a little bit about inflation and the let's go Brandon coin. Why not? All right, guys, stay tuned. <laughs> we'll be right back here on consumer choice radio. And welcome back to Consumer Choice Radio. Uh, we went through some of the election stuff that's happening in the uh, province of Ontario. Um, also on the U.S. side of the border, a lot of primaries coming up over the summer. So some of y'all have been getting busy uh, following what's happening there. Uh, we saw uh, one thing, David, uh, this <laughs> uh, interesting. We talked about it a bit uh, shortly, uh, I believe a few weeks ago, if you remember. We talked about uh, good old Representative Madison Cawthorn. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, oh, boy. The details, the details of the ethics investigation uh, that is happening uh, through the Congress uh, is is it's basically coming to fruition now. We're not 100% sure if it's going to be like official charges or anything like that, uh, but he probably will be uh, 
slapped on the wrist a good three or three or four times, which doesn't really matter because he's out of there by the end of the year anyway. He lost his his primary. Uh, this is about the uh, Let's Go Brandon token, and uh, there was a great uh, great article put together at uh, CoinDesk.com where it actually followed his wallet, which you can do on some blockchains. You can follow all of the trades. Saw how much he had, how much he bought, uh, how much he put in. Uh, so you could <laughs> a bit, little bit of a rug pull. It was a rug pull overall, and uh, I'm glad I did not get in on it. But however, following his wallet, you could see that he was basically transferring back and forth between the different blockchains, and essentially he probably lost more money than he made. So not the smartest trader there. Um, and I did see his office, by the way, uh, when I was in D.C. I saw his. You did in D.C. His office. Um, you know, I could could make any type of insurrectionist joke, uh, but I will uh, refrain from doing so. <laughs> yes, yeah. I mean, I have a question for you. I, this is, I mean, he's been plagued with scandal, but is this maybe the tipping point in the retaking of the Republican Party? Is this the beginning of the end of, like, the full mega Trump era where it's basically like pure devotion to Trump? Yeah, I think the term I've used, um, particularly online, is is something like Trump idolatry or, you know, bending at the throne of Trump. Uh, kind of funny we say that during Jubilee Week uh, with the Queen over there in the UK. But it, it and I, I think it really just depends. It depends on the area. It depends on uh, the context, some of the political players, um, obviously was not the case in the state of Georgia, where the Trump-preferred candidate uh, lost out. Definitely the case in Ohio, where J.D. Vance uh, got the, the Senate nod. I think it's really going to depend. You know, in the North Carolina Senate race, the, the Trump guy kind of won. I don't really know. It really depends on how DeSantis does, I think. If DeSantis can continue to provide a, quote, a conservative alternative which I think he'd be very good if he just stopped talking about social media. But any, anything else, I'm not sure. You know, I'll leave it to the conservative uh, podcast, of which there are 800 million, uh, where they discuss this more in detail. It, it's, just, it's a bit unfortunate because there are some pressing issues and there should be some answers, uh, some questions that are answered on particularly inflation. Uh, and, you know, if we don't have a good opposition party, as we know all too well uh, up north, and, you know, it doesn't doesn't breed good policy uh, reactions, decisions, introductions, and, and really makes, uh, you know, any hope of getting anything positive done uh, through the political process, you know, kind of kind of puts a ding on that. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, whether you're whether you're a Republican or not, I think it's important to have a effective opposition. And when, <laughs> when your opposition is spent tearing itself apart um is not nece- it's not necessarily great for democracy we've certainly seen that in canada with the conservatives so i don't know i'm hope maybe a little too hopeful maybe i've uh rose colored glasses on in regards to this being the the end of the mega era or the beginning of the end of the mega era um but we'll see we'll see lots to uh lots well, I to mean, figure out well i mean the thing there. is is there's there's so much that you could just ding Biden for every single day. I just, I mean, the the story in the mainstream press is that 
essentially everyone knows Biden comes out, says a statement, gets something totally wrong, and then his aides and media folks have to go spin it. And obviously the journos who don't want to dunk on poor Biden uh, will kind of provide a good venue for that. But apparently he's uh, leaking to the press that he's very upset with this and that they're holding him back from what he really wants to say. And, um, you know, I'm not going to give too many details here, but, you know, from uh, being in D.C. last week, uh, there's a lot of rumblings from uh, some of the people that interact with the president's office that things are not, uh, not going well there. Um, yeah. Needs a chaperone. You know, this kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's... Uh, that w- it could be easily foreseen, I think. It's unfortunate, but easily foreseen. And then who's next for the Democrats? Like, I think you could potentially have a 2024 election that is just completely up for grabs on both sides. Like, who who's gonna, who would be the nominee if it's not Biden? Who wins the Republican ticket if it's not Trump? What does that election look like? It could be very much like a redefining moment, um, but we will see. All we really need is a good is a good scandal that obviously the GOP guys will you know they'll jump in on and the right wing media. But as soon as you have a scandal that has teeth that the mainstream bites in, and I think the the Babyla formula crisis, which I think relate. We've talked about it before in previous programs over there at consumerchoiceradio.com. I think we have discussed, you know, the angles of the regulatory state. I think the failure of the administration, the FDA, conversations, uh, everything about inflation. I think that might make the perfect storm. But I do think the M5M mainstream is not going to want to arm the opposition at least before the uh, midterm elections in the fall. No, probably not. Probably not. But um, on another note, on another note, talking about scandals, see if this segue works. Um, The Johnny Depp trial has concluded. (laughs) I'm sure you saw the verdict. The Internet has erupted over uh, over the verdict. Um, Essentially... Both were found to have uh, defamed the other, but one far far more so than the other, which is uh, Amber Heard uh, essentially losing. Um, and a lot of weird takes on this. A lot of people, it seems to have really divided people based on their political viewpoint. A lot of people see it as like, Johnny Depp is vindicated, and then some people think it's like a huge step back for the victims of, uh, of, of abuse. Um, was this as uh, as followed by you as it was by uh, by me? <laughs> I, I think on most uh, celebrity trial instances, uh, usually you you take the bag. Uh, however, I did um, I did pause This Is Us season six or whatever to watch the live uh, reading of the verdict. So yes, I did I did follow along more so for the memes and also yeah, for how memes. this is covered. You know, yeah, the memes especially, but how it's covered, it's just fascinating. Um, I saw an interview with uh, Matt Taibbi and Glenn Greenwald. Uh, they were with David Sachs, I think, on the All In podcast, and uh, they were talking about just you know the mainstream media and how it essentially was buoyed and saved by Trump coming in and giving them something to talk about all day. And 
I think in the Trump vacuum, uh, this trial kind of kind of took the world's notice. You know, this is uh, became the big story and covered up all the memes, and and now we've got uh, you know forever uh, on the bed. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the the poop memes are so funny, so funny. Uh, like I'm the, very very often I'm actually laughing out loud scrolling Instagram at some of these memes. Um, so good content in the, in that regard. Um, yeah, I mean, I have no idea. I, I, I'm of like a little opinion in terms of um, the actual content of the verdict. Uh, I think it's pretty safe to say that they were in a pretty toxic relationship. And uh, yeah, um, it struck me as she Speaking was... She, toxic. Yeah. Uh, how about the ACLU? How are they not being just derided from A to Z on this? I, I think that they're the they're they come out the worst in this. So they helped publish a defamatory op-ed in one of the largest newspapers in the United States in exchange for a large donation. That is a tough look for a civil liberties minded organization. I know we've talked about this before, but it's like oh what has what has happened with the the ACLU over the years. Um it's like the Trump age warped them into essentially just a progressive politics machine and fundraising machine. And that's fine. If you're going, if that's what you're going to be, if you're going to be the pro- progressive politics union, um, but if you're mm. the civil liberties union, civil liberties issues cut both ways, and they seem to have uh, they see beyond beyond the the right to bear arms, which they were notoriously silent on for a long time. Um, now they seem to just morph themselves into all sorts of weird stuff that just really has nothing to do with their mission. A lot of mission creep over there. Uh, so I've got, I've got some, uh, if, if I could, um, I'm going to go into turf territory. Uh-oh. Uh, so the turfs, these are the trans-exclusionary feminists, and uh, not bringing that up, you know, generally, just um, this is their kind of theory. And uh, I have seen some documentation, so it has a lot to do with the donations. And what there has been a rise in is a lot of money that's come from particular individuals and companies to the ACLU, very much wedded with much more advocacy on uh, those type of issues. Uh, and a lot of it has to do with, uh, you know, psychiatry firms and doctors and plastic surgeons and uh again i'm not making this assertion this is um there's a book uh that i just read that had to do with this um i think it's called the end of the woman something like this uh, yeah where it was mentioned so, and see the that type of thing it, it, that type of thing doesn't bother me if they stay within their mission because there are certainly a lot of lgbt issues or, or trans issues that fall under the civil liberties umbrella like the the leave these people alone stop bothering them uh treat them as any other rights-bearing citizen there are all sorts of intrusions on that 
at the state level um, that the ACLU should be jumping on. It's when they get into beyond their mandate political conversations. I know we chatted about this before when they published something in regards to Roe v. Wade, which is an ACLU issue, but it disproportionately impacting the LGBTQ community, which I think for anyone who read that tweet, maybe turn their head a little bit because it's like well no not i mean it could in some instances but it this is a women's issue is about the woman's right to choose what do we why are we why why are we trying to blend that with um other political causes it's it, it it's when they get into that territory that it's like oh okay is this mission creep being driven by the fact that they can make a lot of money on it. And it's really sad because they have a, they have a mandate, they have a mission, or they had a mandate, <laughs> had a mission, and they did a lot of good work for a long time. Um, no more mandate, David. No more mandates. <laughs> well, yeah. Those are oh, done. boy. Those are done. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, so those are being kicked out. I could have, I could have foreseen. I'll actually tell a story when we come back from br- the break. I could have foreseen the end of the ACLU as we knew it, um, based on an encounter from years ago. Um, so I'll, uh, I'll, I'll explain my forecasting to you when we uh, come back from the commercial break here. That, ladies and gentlemen, is called a tease. We'll be right back here. Keep listening in to Consumer Choice Radio. And welcome back to Consumer Choice Radio. We heard before a little tease from David talking about the ACLU and uh, how their their mission uh, basically has gone awry in the last couple of years. Uh, David had a little anecdote for us. Uh, he teased it. I'm, I'm sitting here on the edge of my desk, edge of the chair, about to fall out the window. Uh, David, give me something good here, bud. Yeah, so I think it was 2017 or so. Um, I was involved in organizing an event. One of the speakers of that event was the president of the ACLU. Um, traditionally in, in libertarian circles is what I would describe this event. The ACLU was looked at favorably they did a lot of good work on uh important civil liberty issues that are front of mind for um the libertarian inclined folks in the u.s um and so the president had a session at this at this event and almost nobody attended it i think there were like 10 people and this is a conference of like 1300 people 10 or so people attended yeah, attended mm. um, this session, and there was quite a discussion afterwards. And I think it that was like, in retrospect, that was like the beginning of a signal that the interest, um, for people who really care about civil liberties, um, the interest in the ACLU was waning um, quite a bit because this type of session should have been right up the alley for for conference goers and it was not and uh what we've seen since is is affirmation of exactly that i mean it it just looks like they're now more of a politically minded somewhat partisan organization as opposed to a 
nonpartisan civil liberties group that cuts both ways. So um, I kind of saw the writing on the wall five years ago, I guess. Um, but I guess from internally, if if they're making the money, the pe- the decision makers probably just don't care. But I'd argue it might not be a uh, might not be a winning proposition long term to just try and chase this these niche dollars. Yeah, the grift goes on. Uh, so yeah, there's uh... yeah, yeah. I yeah. I do have a follow up for you because I heard you say it, and I don't know if you were saying it as a joke. Did you did you were watch? Do you watch This Is Us? Yes, I, I think we've talked about that at some point. It's the ultimate. It's the ultimate cry show. You know, if you if you thought your ducks were uh, were empty, uh, you watch this show and you'll know that they're they're plenty full and they're ready to uh, be expunged at any moment's notice. All it takes is that little cue of the music. Yeah did you did you finish the show? No, not yet. We're at the beginning, I guess. Oh, of season okay. Six. Oh, uh, okay. I won't. I won't ruin it because my wife and I have finished the show, and wow. Um, very rarely does a show end, and you just wish that it could keep going. Um, but yeah, you were. You are right. It's like tears. Like there is something in every episode that will hit you right. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> are you crying now? That will. No, I'm not. But once you finish season six, this song will have a little more meaning for you. Um, a little teaser oh. there. Uh, yeah, it is it is a... I mean, we talk about a lot of products and services that we like, but on tele... Like, this is one of the um, best shows or sitcoms out there. I, I highly recommend it for anyone who hasn't watched it. It touches on... I mean, it's hard to watch an episode that doesn't impact or or overlap with something in your own personal life um and they do so in a way that's just like oh my goodness that's like crushing um yeah and so I, what I, I really I would like just... is the timeline is it's so jumbled and then you know you'll have an early episode in the season where they do these like flash forwards and you're like what is going on and then you kind of remember it, and then they pick it up at a random point. You're like, oh, okay, that makes sense. All I know is is they've got a nice, beautiful, big green egg smoker, uh, which is a part of yes. the story, apparently. I haven't gotten that episode yet, but I, I know through one of the, the <laughs> foreshadowing is. Uh, sections. Oh, it is. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah, like it's um, what a show. What a show. What a, yeah, and it ends, I would say it ends pretty well. Um, it's hard to end a good show. Well, a lot of, like, I think of every other like major popular show. Most of the time fans are left going, ah, that was not the ending we wanted. Um, but yeah, Ozark great actually show. had a very, very good ending as well. I don't know if you watched Ozark. It did. Uh, but, yeah. I finished. That's another, yeah. woo, just another great That's show. A woozy. So speaking of, uh, if we can go, if we can hop on in for a uh, consumer corner, um, I would just ask mm-hmm, if, uh, mm-hmm. Dr. Fauci could come on real quick boost (laughs) so if we look at uh the big green egg right consumer corner uh this is a a normal charcoal smoker uh it's a very thick uh sort of a porcelain ceramic wall on the inside that helps keep that heat so i have an offset smoker that i have been using uh i've had the i've had the police called on me uh been you know (laughs) making all kinds of brisket and pulled pork and turkey 
Um, I'm probably thinking of giving it up and going all in on a pellet grill. Oh, I've seen those um, in in action. Those are pretty good. Um, my uh, my brother in law has a Traeger, um, and it yeah. Well, that's top of yeah, the line. That thing that thing's a good twelve hundred bucks right it, there. <laughs> get some brisket on a barbecue. Get the pellets. You can get different pellets for different flavors. It's uh, yes. Well, of course, you get all the different types of wood. And what is so interesting about it is it does not require the effort of maintaining a fire, which I have to do on the offset grill. And obviously, that's how you get all the smoke is with the charcoal or the wood and mixing it up. And uh, you got to feed the fire every forty-five minutes. Pellet grill. Uh, you just pop in the pellets. You hook it up to the uh, to the outlet to the plug, so you can use your electricity and whatever, pollute the earth a little bit more, and then uh, set it to the temp you want, and it'll hold. So I'm very interested in that. Not a, not a big thing here in Austria, so I, there aren't many. Retailers, probably. There are some Traegers, yeah. but there isn't, yeah, there isn't much competition there, so prices are quite high. It's, I mean, what's great about it, it's, it's like the combination of a grill, a smoker, and an oven. So you get the, you get the grill features, you get the smoke flavor, but you get the consistency of an oven. And with the price of meat these days, the consistency of an oven is kind of important because there's nothing worse than buying expensive steaks or whatever you're buying and overcooking them a little too much. And, and if you want a deal on your meat, yeah. <laughs> use the promo code Consumer Choice Center at the beef store. I, I no. wish. I mean, that would be great. Imagine. No, no, no sponsor. Imagine either. we had a beef deal and you and I just got free steaks. That would be. I would. That might be the best Actually, possible I was listening deal. To, uh, <laughs> I was uh, Trump stakes. Try them out. Uh, I was listening to a one podcast. It's a commentary podcast, and it's a. It's sort of like Jewish uh, Republican, Jewish conservatives, and one of their, one of their, uh, you know, ads that they had was like this, uh, this thing service where you would order pork to your door. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, while he's saying this, uh, one of the editors, he's like, you know, I, I can't recommend this to uh, you know anybody who's uh, not eating pork, but uh, for for the for you Christians, for you Gentiles out there, uh, <laughs> pick up some pork for this using our promo code. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh man, when you mentioned steaks, I have I had another uh, another uh, foresight moment in regards to steaks and Donald Trump. The moment I knew that he would be a bad president, do you want to know what it was? I'm assuming it has to do with condiments. So he eats his steak well done and with ketchup. And as soon as I heard that, I was like, oh, this man is unfit for the office of president. <laughs> I mean, he's scarfing down McDonald's there on that uh, on Air Force One, uh, which, which is, so you know, is... It's so weird. Not bad. Well, he's looking out for the public purse. Yeah, but it's so you know? weird. It's weird in the context of you can eat whatever you want, right? You have a kitchen and a chef, like they'll make you whatever you want. He's a billionaire, so you would expect that he would have some respectable palate. If you had, I mean, if you had that money and power, I don't know, I would assume. You would be having like the best barbecue and surf and turf and like the best beef and all this stuff. <laughs> it's just so strange that you're crushing Big Macs <laughs> on Air Force One. Sir, I'd have the lamb. 
I will have the plant-based patty, please. No, no, we're not doing that. No, no offense to people who do do that, um, and and I uh, I appreciate those products, um, but they're... you haven't have you not had an Impossible Whopper? I have. They're not bad. I mean, I would argue in the fast food space, um, they're pretty competitive. The the plant-based alternatives um to the point where they're not too too different but when you get into like the real cuts of meat uh there's nothing there that that competes yet maybe there will be one day but you're not getting a uh um, plant-based ribeye (laughs) well you never know yeah i think in the beginning i was very excited about just the entrepreneurship of it you know this is um they're catering to consumer preference and choice, and it's exactly what we preach here on Consumer Choice Radio all the time. Uh, but now it's what I don't like is when it becomes the default option. So I stayed at the uh, Muxie Hotel in Washington, D.C., sort of the uh, perfect millennial hotel. And the only stuff they had for food was plant based meat, everything. There was not, you couldn't get a, not even a little nibble of chicken. Nothing. It's all plant-based meat. Yeah. Mm. Why? So I don't like it when it's the default option and you don't have any other options. That's like when you go too far, right? It's cool if you got, you have all the meat, you got everything in the produce section, then, oh, look, some plant-based options for those who'd like to uh, still wear the vegan card, but, you know, still love those tasty burgers. Uh, But when it's, you know, the plant-based meat and that's your only option, you have no other choice, not a good scenario. Yeah, that's kind of strange. What was it any good? I mean, you think I ate that? <laughs> <laughs> good point. Good point. Plenty of other places to eat at yeah, in DC. Yeah, so yeah. uh yeah, I, I kinda hightailed out of there. But it's cool. Hey look, hotel wants to do that. All well and good. I can go to another hotel. Um unfortunately that's like the cheapest one. But so it goes. Things are changing in the uh, the food markets, uh, particularly those who are uh, trying to understand their grocery bills and uh, seeing them go high and higher. I mean, I'm trying to get, I'm trying to space out time before I go back to the grocery store, and uh, it's still, it's still gonna ding. I think uh, today we'll get the uh, the grocery delivery service, and I'm not looking forward to the uh, to the bill at the very no, end. No, no, it's getting pretty, it's getting crazy expensive, uh, and it's like, <sighs> luckily the uh, the United States government has admitted. That oh, uh, yeah. inflation is here. Yellen, and, she um, did the apology yeah, tour. She's like, I was wrong. The be- and the best, re- the best response tweet to her statement that she was wrong was they basically like substituted the words, and it was like, look, I was wrong about the house fire. The house was in fact on fire, and spraying it with fire did not make it better. <laughs> oh yeah. And it's like, yeah, I think that pretty much sums up the whole inflation <laughs> debate. Uh, and I think for so many people, I mean, we've been talking about on this program for months. Uh, I guess we could say years at this point. But, you know, it was it was fairly clear to everyone when all of a sudden all your buddies are getting stimmies. Yeah. And everybody's pouring into the market or pouring into crypto or buying things they don't need. And then all this money is just flooding the system. I, I guess it's just been so long since the 70s, but, you know, now we can relive it today, and our 
our parents can uh, can tell us how hard it was back then. Yeah, yeah. And I guess we'll be wearing bell bottoms here soon. <laughs> bell bottoms, bell bottoms, and drugs. BC just decriminalized possession of hard hard drugs, so we have uh, we have increased rates, high inflation, uh, drugs. <laughs> We're almost that's like the seventies trifecta. <laughs> It's a strange world out there. <laughs> well, we're getting there. We're getting much closer. And, uh, you know, who's going to be there to uh, provide you all the analysis and commentary you need on those consumer issues? It's us here at Consumer Choice Radio. David, uh, pleasure catching up. I go, we got a lot of stuff to, to talk about for next week. I'm going to be heading off to Italy. And, uh, yeah, I know you got some big things uh, cooking. So uh, talk again next yeah, week. Yeah, until next week.